Hi, y'all. I'm Molly. And I'm Megan, and we're two good friends. Uh, no, we're two best friends from Cincinnati, Ohio. We're here to talk to you all about our love of musical theater. Throughout our shows, we will be discussing some of our favorite shows in depth. We'll be talking about the facts of the show, casting choices, the songs, and whatever else we want. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about musical theater. Woot! <laughs> so, uh, what's the uh, show today? Um, you know, just a tiny, tiny little show that hasn't <laughs> had amassed a big following. Uh, we're doing Rent today. Ooh, yeah. Gotta love Rent. All right. So when we were thinking when I was preparing about this, um, wow, words. When I was preparing for Rent, um, just thinking about it. You want to know one of the things that came to my mind? What? It's my first... (laughs) You're going to laugh so hard at this. One of my first memories of you is sitting right next to you in French class and then you telling our French professor that you you didn't understand why your mom let you listen to Rent sound um, cast album, especially... uh, Levi Boa, because <laughs> of the lyrics. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of my first memories of you. Oh, <laughs> that's a good memory. No, I like. Do you remember that? I do. Well, and was... I tell people that all the time when being in shows with like younger, the younger generation, and hearing them talk about all the shows that they're seeing, and like I am somebody. You go see whatever show you want. I don't care if it's inappropriate. Like, it'll shape your life somehow. But I have talked to kids that have listened to Rent that aren't 13 yet. And as someone who was not allowed to listen to it or see it until I was 13. Yeah. It baffles me, especially especially when they are kids that know the words to La Vie Boheme. Because they're dirty. You might know the words, you just might not know what they're talking about. I mean, I but, will admit that once once I listened to La Vie Boheme when I was Google. 13, I was like, Google. cool, I, I can sing all the words of this song. I didn't know what half of them were. <laughs> sheltered. Sheltered Catholic life. Yeah. And remind me, when we went to see it, there weren't a whole lot of kids seeing the show, though. I do not remember kids seeing okay. it well we'll get into that once we start talking about like seeing it but let's go right. to the facts of the show to start with so we got the music lyrics and book are written by jonathan larson r.i.p i wish he was still around because he would be writing killer musicals right now um it is based on the opera la boheme by puccini and it was the original concept for rent was uh, made by playwright Billy Ar- um, Aaron Billy Arson Arson Aronson? I got nothing on your sis. I can't help you there. Um. Well, I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say the concept by playwright Billy Arnson. I hope um helped Larson come up with this idea, and they wrote a few songs together. Mm-hmm. But um, they got to but the Larson point wrote like, most of them. a few years later. Yeah, well, so this Billy guy and Jonathan wrote some stuff together. I don't believe, I didn't write this down and I should have, but I don't, what I read, I don't believe any of their, like, original 
stuff came to be and what the show is today. But mm-hmm. the um, they came to an agreement that when rent would get big and people would um, – I think I remember reading about like, this. Like, they would say, like, the original concept is bought from, like, our, uh, Billy gets the acknowledgement that he came up with the concept. Right. Which means he's still making bank on it today. Yup. Which man. Mm-hmm. He's getting lots of money when it's been around that long and has done tours and everything. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at my playbill right now. On the page where it says, like, who wrote it and all the design and everything, uh, original concepts and additional lyrics are by Billy Arnoldson. Arnson. Okay. So, yeah. That's a little fun fact. Um, it was – it's described as musical theater to the MTV generation, which I totally yeah, agree with. And then uh, it was first at the New York Theater Workshop in March 1993. Then it moved to being an off-Broadway show, and it opened off-Broadway on January 25th, 1996 at the New York Theater Workshop. Then it grew such a big following that um, I should also say that, unfortunately, the day before the off-Broadway opening, Jonathan Larson passed away, but they still they didn't do an, a, the re, a real big show on opening night. They just did, like, a sing-through to – um, family members and friends. Yeah, family members and friends of Jonathan, who would have been at opening night anyways. Right, right. They wanted to keep it. Um, and then it transferred to Broadway on April 29th, 1996, at, and it moved to the Netherlander Theater, which this is a really cool fact that I found I know what out. you're going to say because I think I wrote it the same thing. <laughs> you probably did. But the Netherlander Theater was under construction at the time. But when they moved, the production team and creative team were like, no, stop, stop uh, construction. What you have going on right now is the perfect addition to the setting of the show. So I wish I would have gotten the opportunity. I love when, as we talked about in Waitress, smelling like pie. But I feel like avant-garde the theater. I love, yeah. And I love when as much as I hate breaking the fourth wall, I love when you can walk into a theater and you immediately feel like you're there, not just looking at, like, it, you feel like you're a part of the story. So instead right. of going into the theater and just seeing the stage as the setting, if the, mm-hmm. like, who knows? There probably was scaffolding all over the Netherlander Theater. I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't even born yet. But... <laughs> Wait, are you a 97 baby? I'm a 97 baby. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, wait, when it opened April, oh, I was I was close. You were close, <laughs> not quite there yet. <laughs> but I just think that is like it would be so cool to see what that theater looks like. I probably could find pictures, but whatever. But anyways, they uh Rent also won four Tonys that Tony season for the best musical, best mm-hmm. book, best original score, and uh, Wilson Germain Heredia, who played Angel, won for Best Feature. Cool. Yeah. And also won six drama desks and a Pulitzer Prize for drama. I 
So I had that on my page and then I realized I had a lot of mistakes. So I tore that page out and forgot to rewrite that fact. <laughs> You're welcome. It is one of 10 musicals to win. A pul- Pulitzer, right? A Pulitzer, yeah. Um, so I thought it was really interesting. I really like looking at casts and seeing who, if there is evidence of workshops or like readings of people, right. seeing who um, who made it to the final cut, which is so sad to say, but it's true. So the original uh, workshop at New York Theater Workshop in 93, um, the only two people from that cast that made it into the um, Broadway production, and the, well, on the off-Broadway and original, were Anthony Rapp and Daphne Rubin Vega. I have that note, and that's uh, Mark and Mimi. Mark and Mimi. Yep. I, the book I gave you, I should have, I should have reread that before this podcast because he talks <laughs> a lot about Rent and like being friends with Jonathan Larson. So you'll read oh, that, shit. and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I really, I, I, I believe I cried while I read that book because I was like, well, amazing. Um, yeah, and it's really. I also don't like. I looked up some of these people that were in the original workshop, but I don't know any. So it's right. Well, and it's sort of interesting too to. Rent's one of those shows where, it like. Again, I know <laughs> we have to stop right. paying attention to what we're saying. We, yeah, I was just trying to say Rent is one of those shows that I hate saying the word revolutionized theater, but it was a piece of work that had never been. It wasn't well, a cookie cutter piece. And in that sense, I would say, I would, I would give Rent the title of revolutionized theater because when that was hat, like, Oh, I just said it. Um, <laughs> rent. Rent. Brought like an, an edgier rock and roll side to musical theater. Mm-hmm. So it did revolutionize it because since then, how many rock, rock-esque rock opera shows do we have now since rent i i would like to say that if we didn't have rent we wouldn't have i know that american idiot is a basically a jukebox musical it's a jukebox musical but we would not have we would not i don't think american idiot would have done as well on broadway if it was the first one or if like rock of ages was the first one stuff like that where it goes, oh, okay, people can actually do rock music on stage. Right. People, and then it's and, not, and it's talk just... about serious stuff and it not be a jukebox musical. Fair. Because, I don't know, I, I wish I could, Rent probably was like the first rock musical I listened to. Um, but what's also interesting is researching Rent, again, you're a bigger rent fan than i am I, we both saw it when it came here um but there's a lot of people who went on to do really big roles and 
have really big names for themselves that started off as Rent being their first show off of either college or high school or yeah oh yeah just diving into the musical theater rent was sort of their way in Mm -hmm. and I would say part of that is because this show does lend itself you need young people right you need you need those fresh vocal cords Cords for eight shows a week (laughs) is a week to do this and you're still gonna probably wreck your voice oh yeah 100 percent. and then you to to fit what is written that they're all youngins and everything you need those young people and i would say with the physique that the the leads usually have to give off you tend to have younger people because well they just took eight dance classes every week so they're gonna look like that and stuff i don't know yeah um but yeah so this i would this What's interesting about this show is that the first time I saw it was the movie. I didn't see it on stage. Yeah, same here. And I believe this was years. This was now ten years ago. The first time I saw it, I don't know if once I turned thirteen, I was allowed listening to it. If I listened to the album first, or if I watched the movie. But I want to say I watched the movie first. Because story time with Molly on musical theater, um, I watched the Rent movie by myself for the first time, and um, the so once we had the Lavi Boem and in your eyes and Lavi Boem like section, it like time jumps right and becomes the new year. Mm-hmm. So there's like that montage of I believe it's like showing the buildings around the city as if Mark were doing it. Um, in my mind, I think probably because it was so long already, I thought the movie was over. So <laughs> Did you only watch the first act? I only watched Act One. And <laughs> Rookie mistake. So, yes, but that's what I get for watching it by myself. Oh, um, but so I remember like the next day I was talking to my older sister and she, she was like, so how much did you cry? And I said, oh, I didn't cry at all. <laughs> spoiler alert. You missed, you missed spoiler alert. She said, you didn't cry when Angel died? <laughs> I went, oh, Angel dies? She said, Molly, you, you didn't watch the whole movie. You need to go back and watch it. And so I watched. Then the second act I explained to her what happened, and I was like, oh, I just thought we were going into the, the credits, whatever. And then I cried a lot. And this, this show I will consistently cry. And then we both saw it live together for the first time, correct? That was my first professional. The first time I, well, oh. I guess I could say it was professional. <laughs> I saw it at this place called the Shadowbox Theater which was like a dinner theater place. It was really cool because you had to be, you had to be, I guess, um, like on the levee, they had like the funny bone place where it was dinner and then you had comedians. It was kind of like that in the sense. Is it like Locker Media out by Dayton? No, it's, um, let's see if I can get the description of it. I don't, it would, to me, 
it was like I was sitting in a black box theater, which shadow box, like, duh. Uh, duh um, yeah. But it is, so it's up in Columbus. The shadow box theater um, is a unique performance arts venue and cafe staging rock musicals and sketch comedies in daytime and evening. So there, okay. so it, it kind of, it was interesting because like my waiter was in the show. So yeah. you would come in, you would order, and they would bring you your food and your drinks, and then you couldn't have anything until intermission. It was like, sit here, eat, watch the show. And it was like the weirdest experience because really there was like not a real stage, and there was like some band people up on stage with them. It was a tiny little stage. But it it was cool because – it made you feel like you were a part of the story sitting there when they, when the cafe scene for La Vie Boheme, they came into the audience and it was like, oh, wow, cool. I'm a part of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so that was my first experience. And like looking back, oh my gosh, I thought it was so good because I'd never seen it done on stage. And then right. the second time, the second time I saw it on stage, there was a production at Xavier University that I went to see Rachel. Okay. So. Oh. Oh yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. Did you did you come with? Was me? it good? No, I didn't come with you. Okay, I can. I went with somebody. I might have taken my sister. Um. Right. Because I just saw Music Man with you, and which yes. I was surprised with because we, we no, we don't need to go. We there. know. Like, <laughs> um, and that'll get us on a whole. A little, little too soon. Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms right there. Yeah. Uh, it was good. I, I don't know. I guess for me, I, I've seen it at the university level, then I saw it with, I guess I would call Shadowbox semi-professional because I don't know, and I don't know the age of those people. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe they were all college students or maybe they were, like, professional actors. I don't know. And then, then I saw it on the tour. It sounds so bad. I would say I've never seen a spectacular version of this show. I I never, I don't feel like I've ever seen, I've seen passing. I've, I would say the most I've seen is a B performance anywhere. I would never, I wouldn't give any of the productions I've seen except for the movie an A. Rent's a really hard show to do really well. Yeah, you you need to have the right people. And we we both saw the the twentieth anniversary cast. And well, yes, we saw them, but we didn't see. So when we saw it, that wasn't. So this year was the twenty fourth anniversary. Twenty fourth, excuse me. But so I mean, it was it was the twentieth anniversary it, tour, but we right. saw it with the that tour would have been. Still on 18th to 22nd anniversary cast. Right. Which, I mean, they were good. They, they were professionals. Um, it was an equity tour, so. I think. At least I think it was. Yeah. yeah it was. And I, I believe it was equity. But it was one of those things that sometimes I want to look at shows and just scream and say, sure, they looked like the person, 
or they but had they the sing? body you wanted the person to have, but could they sing or act? And if the answer to the that is no, I don't think they should be in the show. Um, and when we saw this, our Mimi, um, I mean, hell, she had a great body. Like, watching her do Out Tonight. We were in the back of the orchestra, and we could see her abs. I was in Balcony. I saw it a second time because a friend wanted to see it. So I got Balcony yeah, tickets right? like, shared with my sister. Great, great body. Perfect body. Killer abs. Play the stripper Mimi. But if you ask me, she then didn't have the body to play the drug-addicted Mimi that's almost dying at the end. Almost too good of a body. But then yeah, it was well, like, cool, that- you are swinging on the railing of these steps while singing, but it ain't that good, and you ain't acting. Yeah, but there's some, at least with that point, I would have to say, knowing how to use your voice, knowing breath control, and how to use your your moneymaker would be an important factor, and I don't know. I don't, when I saw it the second time, I think it was a little bit better, because I think when you and I saw it, she took a weird breath at a point. Or she wasn't supposed to, and you could tell. And sometimes that happens. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Nothing's and, perfect, and that's sort of the and, beauty of live theater. And I would say, sometimes it's like, well, if I don't mess up here, I'm going to mess up worse later. Like, right. the best example of that, I saw 42nd Street on the West End, and the guy playing... Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. The producer, I want to say his name's Billy, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's it. No, not the producer, the director. He, as he um, was singing the lullaby of Broadway, you could like you could tell at a minute moment that he looked so uncomfortable, and then a second later he coughed in the middle of a word because it was if he, if he didn't let himself cough, he was going to screw up later. So I'm just going to that's he let himself do it. So, right, I understand. I'm a performer. I've been there before. But I also, like, if, I don't know, if you are taking a show across the country, you you want to make sure you have the best people. It was it was weird because I felt like the, that, especially that tour cast, felt very unbalanced with the abilities of everybody. Because I remember the Maure- Maureen being like, oh, girl, this girl can sing, she can act, dang, okay. Okay, and okay. we looked her up on Instagram, and it, she, like, just graduated high school, too. Yeah, I was like, you're a baby, but you go, girl. She's, okay. she's literally the same version of Michaela Diamond, like. Yeah. Like, you booked that tour. She I was get good. It. Go, girl. And she was in, no. I think she did the tour in Tokyo, too. Like, they were in Tokyo before they came back here. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. No, I'd have to say, I agree with this feeling of the cast didn't feel it felt weird yeah and everyone i guess but that i that happened you i would have that all tours go through that phase especially when people's contracts mm-hmm. end at weird times or mm-hmm. someone gets away and then you fill it i don't know 
I don't know. I don't know the details, but that's just right. Fine. But in other and casting course, opinion, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna like bring this. Like, there's a stage version that we're talking about, but there's also a movie that you also mentioned, and then there's also, um, I believe, Fox yes. was the producer behind this that put it on Broadway in twenty. Put it on Broadway. Not Broadway on live TV. TV. It was live. Yeah, and it was not. Is that twenty eighteen? That seems right. Um, that that production, if you asked me, was really not my thing. I would say here. This, that's really harsh, but I would say that is my least favorite version of that show I've ever seen for multiple reasons. We do not need to go into all of them. But also, like, I also want to say, as much as I hate when they put musicals on TV, like, like Fox or whatever, put a musical on TV. Um, I'm of the opinion there's only been one musical that they put on TV that's done well, and it's been terrible. That one is not; it's not considered a musical. That was a concert. Yeah, that's fair. Talked about Jesus Christ Superstar. It was Jesus Christ Superstar in concert. Amazing, and it worked. Because they let their audience yell and scream as if they were at a concert, which I had a fight with a man on Easter on Twitter about it. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's that's for that podcast. Um, <laughs> anyways, as I was saying, as much as I hate those, when they take it, um, because essentially when they do the musical on on live TV, they stunt cast the entire thing. It doesn't. People who shouldn't be playing those roles. Because they want to make sure that a lot of people tune into it because they, they probably understand that the theater community doesn't like it. But also, if there are people who have degrees in musical theater, have BFAs in musical theater, if they can't act in front of a camera, it doesn't matter because you're filming a stage show. Anyways, the only yeah. thing I like about those musicals is the fact that it's making it then accessible for everyone who has a TV to get and has those channels. That's the only thing. Can I springboard off of that statement? Of course. So I was, what was I, I don't know if I was having a conversation with Lynn about this or I was just having my own internal conversation about this is because musical theater on stage is not the same medium as filming it live. It's doing a disservice by trying to do a direct translation to live. So again, same thing that you think. I think that they should do a production on stage and do what they do for a lot of the pro shoots that they have released. So they film it either. I would have like camera, two cameras, and then one camera on stage to do everything, um, and then edit that and release it. Yeah. Go ahead. I I wish everyone so i don't know if you've seen it there is a live taped version of legally blonde the musical taped on in the theater they aired it on mtv i as much as i loved the bandstand pro shoot love the newsies pro shoot there are parts about those that i don't like because it I want to see I want to see the entire ensemble dancing together at the same time. I don't need Yeah, to I don't want to see an edited version. I want to just see the camera still on stage. Give, yeah, give me I will take back I will take a back balcony taped 
not bootleg. I'm really not for this. But yeah, especially the way that NBC and Fox and ABC, I can't even tell, I don't even know if all three of those have had musicals. I also, like, I don't know. It's also weird because as listening to other podcasts, uh, Caitlin Houlihan with the guys who like musicals mentioned that she was the understudy for Wendy when they did Peter Pan live. So it's like, cool, you had an understudy. But then when they did Rent Live, for those of you who don't know, Rent Live was not fully live. Half of it was taped because it was from their dress rehearsal the night before when the lead um, who was broke Roger, who was Brennan Hunt, broke his foot in the middle of the show. So half of it was not live. So then to me, it was like, then what is the point of doing this show? Like they didn't have an understudy for him. Right. Why I want to know why with Peter That's, Pan live. I know it was I believe that was either the second or first live show. I forget if it was Sound of Music first or Peter Pan. But why did you have an understudy for Peter Pan when you didn't have an understudy for the flipping if if you if we gave leads to to rent when all the characters are leads in this, mm-hmm. the two leads would be Mark and Roger. It's the mm-hmm. it is the show about their friendship. Why would you not have your second lead? understudy i don't flip in no so well and just to like backpedal on that as well um and broadway almost not almost probably every every single show has an understudy yeah everyone has understudy. and then a lot of the bigger shows now are starting to have standbys so frozen has a standby um wicked has to have standbys just because it takes so long to get into that makeup um mean girls has Standbys. Have standbys. The majority of all shows now have standbys. Lion King did not, though. That was interesting. Yeah. But I then again, can... story for a different podcast. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, it just also shows people who produced it. It wasn't Mark Platt, was it? It, it wouldn't have been because it wouldn't have been. Produced terrible. Rent? Which version? Yes. The, the, lo- the... the live. Because this is also speaks to, like, not everyone that not everyone can do theater. Everyone can, but you have to know what you're doing for it to translate really well on TV, mm-hmm. really well. Um, okay, so and actually, so in that regard, Rent Live wasn't was on Fox and it was in 2019 it was in January 2019 the executive the executive producer for that the top one is Mark Platt Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so I don't know I feel like he which who knows how much since there's so many producers I don't I'm assuming he's a top one because he's Mark flipping Platt but He's a dude that that understands theater. Like he knows what he's doing. He produces. He helped produce Wicked, and that that makes me want to think about, you know, how much control he actually had producing this show. I'm assuming it was a lot because he is. Like it's not in alphabetical order. He was put on first, but I don't. I don't know. But right. Well, I I mean, it just, it would just be wild for me to assume that Mark Platt wouldn't, 
want to have. I mean, maybe he did, and it's just casting money choice that they decided to forego the understudy. But um, you're, that would just be giving. I don't know how. Like I know TV pays more than theater, but you have people in your ensemble already that clearly were mm-hmm. fit for the show. One of them had to be able to understudy Roger. That, that's just the thing that baffles me. Right. Or like, I know, I know you wanted your show to go to a specific way. If I know he broke his foot, I would have been more forgiving as somebody who has done a show wearing an ankle brace having him do the show and, you know, not jumping off and down, up on down things, like performing to the best of his ability. If it was him sitting in a chair for whatever, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, there. Yeah. The only thing I really liked about that live show was Jordan Fisher because Jordan Fisher could do, can do no wrong. And his smile Isn't... can save lives. <laughs> I, I, Again, I have yet that. to see the live performance. Because again, Rent is not not my top five. I understand. I have a few songs I'll go through and listen to, but yeah. Okay, so we're, let's talk about other some other casting things. Um, as we talked about the movie, the original cast only replaced two people when they made the movie version, and that was uh, Rosario Dawson, um, Zaria, Rosario, Rosario, Rosario. Um, stepped in for Mimi, which I understand. I think part of that was probably because Daphne was probably too old and they wanted to make sure that Mimi was somebody who looked like she was 19. Totally understand that because out of, out Rosario of, killed it. She did. I was like, okay, girl, I don't know who you are because I was 13. Um, <laughs> but you killed it, girl. Um, and then Tracy Tom, is it Tom? I guess Tom's. Tom's. Um, stepped in for Joanne. Mm-hmm. I also, I don't. I would also like to think that it was to make Joanne look younger because uh, Shelly Dixon was already a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelly Dixon. I'm sorry. I read my wrong line. Freddie Walker was already a little older. Right. Um, so I, I would assume that's why those are recast. I also don't know. Maybe they said, you know what? I've done rent long enough. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's. Yeah. I mean, you just never know. They could also have been doing something at the time and couldn't sign on or who knows who knows yeah definitely um but are we gonna talk about (laughs) the one person that rent basically put her on the map for everything vanessa ann hudgens no oh are you talking about idina yeah i'm talking about about vanessa hudgens like i thought you're talking talking about her because she um she did the lie she was learning live versions so I oh she's done too yeah I was gonna mention that that she is while taking my notes she is the only person that I saw that has played two different roles in Rent. Other people have played have been in multiple versions but have played the same but played person. the same role. But she is the only one that I found that has played two different roles, and she played um, Mimi Marquez in the Hollywood Bowl version, and then she played Maureen in the Fox Live. Personally, I think she probably did better as Mimi. Interesting. But, yeah. Sorry. Duh, Idina Menzel. That was... I Thank you, Jonathan Larson. That that was her... 
like I just put up her Wikipedia page, and she went from Rent to doing Wild Party, to doing Summer of Forty Two, to Hair, to Aida. The- wait, 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 wait. She played Aida at the New York City Center. It was four days. I think it was a concert. The New York, the New York City. Wait, wait. What year? What year? Two thousand one. Okay, that's okay. Not interested. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I it wasn't. She was Sheila. Sheila in the revival was Casey. Um, then she did Aida, and then the monologue. Then she did the Funny Girl concert. Some of these are really small. I, they're not all Broadway. But then after that, she then did Wicked. Duh. Um, then she and then made a fuck. Uh, not not cursing. Did made a lot of money. Yes, they made a lot of money. <laughs> um, then a show called See What I See. Then she did Wicked again at the Apollo Victoria Theater. Then she did Chess in Concert, which I believe is the recording version of that. Then a show called Nero. Then a show called... She did Chess? Yeah. Sorry, I'm still still on Chess. I'm still a little bit shook by that. She did Chess in Concert. Uh, I feel like that's the recorded version. I'm unsure. I I think you're right, too. Or at least there is... Oh, yeah, there's definitely a recording of this because uh, it was Josh Groban, Adam Pascal, Idina, Carrie Ellis, and other good people. So that version's definitely on a recording. And then she did If Then, and then she was she did a show called Skin Tight. But she's also done so many other things. So much, she's, been on, <clears throat> she's been guest starring on TV shows. She's done... Um, um, she's done so many movies. Animated movies. movies. Um, Frozen, Frozen Forever, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. She did Ralph Breaks the Internet because she had to play herself. She had to play. Wait, wait, wait. Who was she in Ralph Breaks the Internet? I just watched Elsa. that the other day. Was that the first one or the second one? That's the second one. And oh, okay, Ralph okay. The internet is when all the princesses are there, and they did you did a man save you from the tower? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I have to watch the second one because I watched the first one. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, she absolutely was not in it. Um. I think her, like, if I, honestly, we're going to get to our, our casting choices. If I wanted to see a live, we talked about this off the pod, we might have been recording. I, as I said, I don't feel like I have seen an, an A-grade version of Rent. If I could see this show, I know they're all way too old for it now, but I would love to see the full original cast. I would love it. This is a this is a musical that I'd want to see the original cast. Some shows to me, right. it wouldn't matter to me. I'll take what I get. I think out of the last three shows, we've been saying, like, it doesn't matter what cast we see, but I want to see the original. <laughs> well, I want to see anything that Idina Mandel is the original. For, like, Beatrice, yeah. I, really, I would be fine with just, with just Jesse Mueller. No, I want to see the entire cast. Of course, <laughs> but with Rent, Rent's a show that I want to see the original cast. Right. And I, I probably I'm saying that because I feel like I haven't seen the best version. My best version is my movie, which is to be fair, original cast plus two people, but so much of that, so much, uh, so many songs and such from the stage version are not in that movie. The movie right. feels like a movie. I think it's one of the best movie musicals. But I would rather, I want to see the original cast play themselves. 
And that's the tea. I'm I'm still thinking. Because, <laughs> again, you'd probably, it'd have to be, not that I wouldn't pay to see it again. It would just have to be pretty darn special for me to see it again. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I also saw it twice when it was in town. But I also, um, I don't know. It'll probably be, be a show, I would say, I will try to get rush tickets for it. I don't know, depending on who the cast is. I mean, is. you are you are a fiend at winning rush tickets. It's kind of crazy. Yes. I also it's sort of not fair. Educator. I use my educator ID card, too. So. That's fair. I mean, I guess what I would have to say about Rent is what, not what irks me the most. I get a little bit of an eye roll because there's some songs in this cast album and soundtrack that every musical theater trope community school does a melody of this song. And while that is okay, I'm tired of it. Um, yeah. Uh. And chances are, I'm going to say this, and it is just, I'm just throwing it out there. Nine times out of ten, it's not good. Well, duh. It's really hard. So funny, funny story about that song. One time I went to a karaoke bar with people to celebrate my friend Brendan's birthday. And, you know, we're all drinking. Duh. We are all legal. We're all adults here. Right. And my friend, Brendan's wife, says, guys, I put us in for a group number. So we all ask <laughs> what it is. And she goes, we're doing Seasons of Love. I put us in as the name, The Theater Kids. And then she handed out the solos. <laughs> I was given the... The it, it, on the movie cast album, and it's sung by Tracy Toms. The like big belty like one before it's it's female one and female two solo. She gave me female two, which understandable because I can I can do that. But I was like, wow. So we did that in a very crowded bar, and the amount of people that sung along was not surprising because <laughs> who hasn't sung that song? Especially, I've, <laughs> especially in the two thousands. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I want to say in high school, I was never a part of it, but I know it was sung for one of the choirs. It was. It was either junior, senior, or sophomore, freshman, sophomore. But I don't remember. I know I didn't sing it. Oh, but I, did sing it, it. I did sing it in the freshman and the in the sophomore show when we each had our own little like. Like, let's talk about a show and sing a song from this show, and then we'll talk about that show more, and then do another song. Did you get to t- pick the show, or were no. they assigned? They were assigned. My group was Wicked, and I played Glinda. <laughs> <laughs> and and lo and behold, senior... all my life. <laughs> <laughs> was it? That was your that was our senior show, right? Was yeah. So I played Glenda's okay, pop I mean... year, and then my senior year, 
I officially played Glinda. It, Glinda with a G. Once a Glinda stan. <laughs> Always a Glinda stan. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Should we, <laughs> should we move into our our star casting? Yeah. Do you have, okay. I was like, if you have anything else to say about... I feel like I've been bashing people and I apologize. That's why I also didn't mention their names. Because who knows who I, I saw you've been them, bashing right? people. Like, I don't know. Like you're, Everyone has license to like things and hate things. It's different if you're saying like... Yeah. No. I mean... I mean... And you I like that, things or you don't. Yeah. And of the, ca- the live cast that I... I saw on stage, there were good people. And there are people, like, I know for a fact, the guy who played Angel, who is Aaron Alcarvez, is now, I believe he's a swing for Mean Girls. So, like, hmm, he's good. He was great. I also remember, well, also, I knew a guy who was part of that cast. He was in the ensemble. Um, I went to school with him. Um, His name is Kyle Seeger. Uh, but when we stayed short for that show to see him, I remember talking to the guy who played, I remember talking to Aaron and being like, dude, you jumped on that table with those, those uh, wedges on. Oh, I forgot about that. I remember you're sitting next to me. And I remember he hopped up there during today for you tomorrow, uh, today for you. And I know I went, ah! <laughs> because <laughs> man and those high heels is dancing like that. And he, hit that jumped and hit that table perfectly and I remember asking him like have you ever had a mistake and like missed the table and he's like yeah one time I fell really hard onto the table because I forgot to like catch myself and I, so I remember that and yeah that was I mean I remember seeing that and that was a big jump and the man's wearing more like six inch heels yeah yeah and like and the he's wig, the wig. running across stage with all of it. His wig did not move. His costume <laughs> was on point. I will tell. I love. It's, I it's love the dresser. of Angel. Angel has always been there. I have. I like. I have three dream roles in this show. Nope. I have four dream roles in this show. They are Mark. I I really want a gender swapped version of this show. I think it would be great. I would like to play Mark or Roger, for uh, for multiple reasons. Um, I would also love to play Maureen someday, but I really would also love to play Angel. And I wish I could get. I wish I could play Angel. Angel, I love Angel. Angel's the bomb. I'm just thinking about a gender swapped cast. Cause it, I mean, it work. It's just about it's a story about people's lives. It's yeah. a because you wouldn't you don't need a gender swap all of them. I personally, if I were to do a gender swap version of the show, I would keep. I think I would keep Collins, Angel, and Benny, all as who like what they are, right? And then I would then swap. My Mark, my Roger, my Mimi, my Maureen, and Joanne. Because to make it work. I don't know. It would be very interesting because I feel like if you 
if you switched Mark, then you lose your, I mean, it's not a joke. It's a joke in the show of uh, Joanne because they ask what guy did Maureen leave him for and they say Joanne. So you lose the joke there if Mark becomes a woman, but Joanne doesn't become a man. I, I guess you could keep Maureen as a girl then. You would just switch your Mark and your Joanne genders. Well, you can always keep it. Like, if they're all three the same gender. I don't know, because... You could just say... I mean, yeah. And that's why why I said, like, it's it's not a joke that people are into women. You can love whoever you want. I don't care. But I think one of the jokes, like... It's written... I don't know. The way it's written is to sound like a joke. Which normally you get an audience... Like, you get an audience chuckle... At least when I've seen it. And, like, the way it's said. I don't know. It would be one of those, like, you have to play with and see which roles you would switch. Just, like, they switch different roles in the company revival that's happening. It just depends. Right. It would have to be something that you really have to pay attention to. But anyways. Right. If there ever was a gender-swapped version, I would love to play Mark or Roger. Or Angel. I would see. I also couldn't, wouldn't, I don't know. I don't have the confidence to play Angel. Like, you really... I don't know how I, I don't, I don't know. I've never had to die on stage. I've never had to go through tough things on stage. So I don't right. know if I would do it justice. I need that challenge someday when theaters open up. I would love to play a serious role for once. Broadway. Not my character. <laughs> so, huh. but I would lo- like, I don't know. There's stuff. I would love to sing the song One Song Glory. Who, who doesn't? That's a great song. It's not my top right. five, but it's there. Really? We'll get there. Okay. What's what's your cast? Give me your cast. Okay. So for Maureen, again, I know, too old. I just want to see her do it because she's been in it before. But Casey Levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mimi, I have Sierra Renee, which is also kind of funny because they – Sierra is the replacement of Casey in Frozen. Was the replacement. Uh, too soon. Okay, like move on. Sorry, I should um, myself. <laughs> Mark again. Just want to see it. I know he's too old, but Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Roger. I have Isaac Cole Powell. Uh, Joanne. I have Celia Rose Gooding, who is Frankie and Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> Angel. I have Nina West. Uh Collins, I have Brendan Victor Dixon, and Benny, I have Tyrone Davis Jr. Who is that? He was an ensemble member waitress. Okay, okay, thank you. But I was like, I feel like I should know that name. You're like, you're like, who's this? Who's this guy? <laughs> um, so okay, here is mine for Mark. I have Andrew Barth Feldman. He's- okay. He looks like a mark to me. Um, for Roger, I have Antonio Cipriano. Um, me for Mimi, I have. I'm gonna butcher her name so hard. Um, I'm gonna say it's Yasina. Yasina. A Ayala. She is, uh, not Maria. Oh my gosh, Anita. She's Anita. Um, in the West Side Story revival that's happening right now. Oh. 
Um, for Collins, I have I'm gonna say Deron E. Jones, who is the current riff in West Side Story. Then for Angel, I have Demarius R. Coops Coops, who was a newsie and he did Mean Girls. Who was he in Newsies? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know I saw him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I, as I look for that, we're going to say my others. Um, Benny, I have uh, Jordan Fisher. I think it would be interesting to see him play Benny because be we just saw him play Mark. Um, then for Joanne, I have Lauren Patton. And for Maureen, I have Renee Rapp. Lauren Patton. I, oh. Okay. I okay. love, I love, 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 love her voice. Oh, so you know what? This is so funny. <laughs> so I, I, I apparently didn't see Demarius R. Coops as in Newsies. I know he was part of that cast, but I just pulled out my Newsies playbill. And the stuffer is for, <laughs> is for the role that Demarius played. So I technically didn't see him. But I believe he's also I want to say he's in the movie version. The not the not the movie, the taped version. Right. But yeah, I I think he could bring it. And so that's that's my cast. See, I have I love that we all have the side story people. And take a little pill, people. We said, hi, we're going to go with the youngins. Hot take, though. Not, I mean, you're also with this hot take. Not a fan of the current West Side Story revival. People yeah. in it are talented. Yes. There's just certain people certain I people, have issues with. Certain people I have issues with, but then I also do not like the fact that I don't like things it. were cut from the show. Um, I've only I've only seen the movie version of West Side Story, and I saw it on tour years ago. And I only think the reason I liked it on the tour is because the guy playing Tony was hot. Um, <laughs> but I also don't like the producer of West Side Story, so that's I understand. That's my big like. Uh... But looking at uh, Megan and I while doing this we realized we were struggling with the young people to play because like I don't know what Deron E. Jones's voice sounds like he could be a tenor I don't know if he can sing Collins but I know as we mentioned in other podcasts I like when casts are played by people who look that age or are that age um my Casey Levy, I'm sorry, is out. Yeah, she would be out for me. I do love her. Neil Patrick though. Harris Neil would Patrick be out. Would definitely be out for me. He's very old. Um, he's not very old. He's a little old. Um, but yeah. he's too old for the role. But he's not old. That's true. That's true. True. So yeah, but this, this I would say, as I, I'm gonna be hypocritical. Other shows you can cast older people. For me, this is a show that I think you would need you need your people to be under thirty. Well, and like the that, story of starving artists. Yes, I. But they're like I. 
I don't know, maybe Joanne to me would probably be the oldest. I would put some, but like Joanne, the role but, of Joanne would be the oldest just because she's a lawyer. So like, you I feel like with Joanne though, you could play with the age. Cause that would be oh. an interesting. Take. Oh yeah. But you would, she would, Joanne would need to be somebody that looked like they then went through law school too. Right. Um, where and like I, you could raise your put your your youngest clearly what to me would be Mimi because she says she's right. 19 but I also am not the type that okay cool we have a night like if the actress playing Mimi was actually 19 if the actor playing Roger looked really old no I'm not gonna do it because then it right. it can make your audience feel weirded out but yeah I would cast people the ages that they should be and should look. But I guess since there's no babies in this, if we did someone older, I, I wouldn't be like, <laughs> Wow, that's a very pointed comment. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about at all. Compared um, to our last podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, move on to songs. There's a lot. Yeah. Or do you have before we do that? Let's do. You want to do the top five oh, songs yeah. before we go into songs? I figured we would do that, and then we talk about them. Okay. You can you can go ahead. What's your top five? Okay, this is gonna be five to one. Okay. So five is out tonight. Four Ooh. is I'll cover you reprise. Three is another day. Two is one song glory. One is without you. I'm sorry. What was two? One song, Glory. And what was one? Without You. Oh, my gosh. Did we not match at all? Or did we match exactly? No, we didn't match at all. To be fair, there's 40,000 songs yeah. in this album. I have to say, when you told me you did this again, I went, oh, no. Um, that Wow. Huh. I would have never pegged you for an out tonight kind of gal. Never would have. I like the movie so okay, out of okay. I like Rosario Dawson's Out Tonight versus um Daphne's. the original. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I personally I would say that I prefer prefer Rosario's voice over Daphne. That's just me, though. Fair. Um, but I, I would say, like, Daphne, to me, she has the sound of a voice that you would prob- you would want for an right. Edgy show in 1996. So, like, I right. get it. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, as I said, when the first time I saw this is 13. Let me tell you, I saw Out Tonight, and I was like, what am I watching? What am I watching? I was very confused. I was sex sister that's <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you grow up catholic and you were sheltered okay my top five we will go five to one number five is will i number four is a combo of lovey bohem a and b because they are the same song number three i'm surprised it's so low you just don't know my other songs 
<laughs> well, at first I thought you just said you just don't know me. And I was like, oh, okay. No. Um, number three, I gave to what you own. And I think part of that is because I would love to play both uh, Mark and Roger. Um, and I, I just love it. Um, number two is today for you. Tomorrow for me. And would you like to guess my number one? Is it take me or leave me? Hell yeah. <laughs> Which is the motto for my life. You take also a great duet, but also, again, me. overdone. Yes, but <laughs> I love karaoke and... <laughs> I love the opportunity to sing that song at karaoke with one of my friends. <laughs> Lynn and I used to sing it in the car all the time, and then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm rented out. I, I have a friend that she and I, like, will keep track. When we do karaoke, we will always sing that song together, but we go back and forth on who has to play Joanne because we're both like, I want to be Maureen. <laughs> so we keep track. And I believe it should be her turn next. That's it's hilarious. A theater, that you guys have to... It's a theater kid thing. Yeah. Okay. So now we're going to go through the songs. Um, personally, I just want to do a blanket statement on we're doing, are we doing, I'm assuming we're doing the stage songs. Yes. Okay. Then I'm just going to say a blanket statement on the tune-ups. And the voicemails, I the way I said that, voicemails, it sounded to me that I said voicemails, and I didn't want that to happen. Um, and then, like, the little, like, there's a song called You Okay, Honey, which is when Collins pops up. Um, and then, yeah. There's yeah, there's a lot of short songs that can just be covered with saying, yeah, they're there. Well, and it's they're more important to further the plot. They're not really a song. They're just yeah. breaking some time. Though I wish, I wish that there was, I don't, I haven't found one, a version of the soundtrack with everything on it because I don't know. I always remember like Contact is not, I don't even think Contact is on the Broadway soundtrack. I don't think I don't it is. Because I remember seeing the show and going, Every time that's a song, when I see it and I go, "What?" Um, I always forget it. Maybe yeah. that was done on purpose then, because then you get used to listening to the soundtrack and the cast album, and you go, "What? Wait a minute." That's true. Where did this song come mean. from? <laughs> yeah, it's not on the Broadway version. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say a blanket statement that I I like that they. Especially because a lot of this show is just sung. I like mm-hmm. that they're there to move the plot along instead of being all just talked through. And right. I think a lot of, like, it adds to the humor of things, too. Especially um, with one of the first voicemails. It should be the first voicemail. Maybe the second. Um, 
when Mark's mom calls and like is rambling on. I don't know. I love it. I think it's very funny. It's, I'm, that, and those are the things that are not in the movie that I wish were in the movie. Yeah, you only get one, which is where they actually, it's him playing his parents on the answering machine. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my opinion. Then we don't need to talk about them anymore as they come up on the list. Cool. Okay. So, the Ooh. Go ahead. No, I'm not going to say it. It's fine. No, say it. I was just going to say, difference between the movie and the stage version is the movie Seasons of Love is first, but in the stage yeah. version it is not. Yes, which is... Weird. It's weird, but I don't know. Like, I like it for both reasons because having... I sh- Both reasons. I like it. I like that in the movie they do it first because it kind of... It kind of, to me, it evens the playing ground and that mm-hmm. everyone is equal. And it introduces all the characters, inter- too. introduces all of them. And it also, I like that they are standing on a stage doing it. And it's like, hi, you're about to watch a musical. So I like that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that it is the act two starter because it's... That's what you it, came to see. It's showing everyone together. Again, because mm-hmm. you just saw them all at um, the cafe. But then it kind of, I don't know, it kind of. That's the last point where all of their lives have sort of been together at that point. They start to yep, yep. disperse. And it, I, it's like a beautiful way to get your audience to pay attention more. <laughs> I agree. It's very different, yeah. but I like it both ways. So what's the first song on the stage album? Rent. Which who doesn't love when a show immediately says the title in the show? <laughs> yep. Uh, so I really like that song. It's that's a headbanger. That's a good song to run to. It's got a consistent, um, consistent beat in it. Mm-hmm. What I like about that song. Not, it has nothing really to do with the song. It has to do with the show. Mm-hmm. The start of the show for Rent, it's staged in a way that there's no curtains, so the stage that you walk in and see is, the sta- is what you see starting. And, like, there's no period between before the show to the start of the show. It just kind of starts, and that's kind of... Yeah. That's the feeling of the whole show. Yeah. Well... It's also weird that I like this show because Mark breaks the fourth wall all the time. Like, Mark is the narrator, which makes sense because he's the one documenting it. But if I'm remembering correctly, when we saw it on tour, like, the lights didn't even go out and the actors all walked on stage. I was like, what? What's going on? I don't know. Y'all have to ask if if that was was an oopsie or if that was... No, I I feel like that's how it's staged. Because they want you to feel like you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I remember that happening both times. So, yeah. Well, then, and if that's an invitation to be part of the show, are you really truly breaking the fourth wall then? I don't know. Big question for you. But I, okay. I like rent. I it's not in my top five because doing I don't know doing a top thing and I realize I really don't like picking favorites for anything. 
I always have to give you a list because I don't like to make decisions on favorites. Um, but for this one in particular, there's over 20 songs. I have written down 31, and that's okay, not I was saying, it's like everything its own line. Like, I combined Halloween and Goodbye Love because they are a seamless pact, if you ask me. And technically, Lovey Bohem, should I tell you, and Lovey Bohem B, to me, it the way that the music goes, it's so perfect, and it should all be together. So, yeah. I think I have a note ended with 42 songs. I wouldn't be surprised, because I have a lot. Like, I have tune-up one, voicemail number one, tune-up number two, all on the same line. Um, which, wow, Jonathan Larson, way to name your songs. <laughs> Like I, he wrote re- I really like. I really he's like, got first down. Yes, but I really like that he has finale A, then finale B. Anyways, um, well, I mean, to be fair, everyone has like a finale A and a finale B. They just don't I, name it that. <laughs> I know, but he chose to name it that way. Yep. Um. Yeah, I like rent. It's a party. Gets you like, makes you feel the anger that the characters are having, and yeah, um, introduces yes. you to, especially the theater, ver- the staged version, and introduces you to a lot of characters because you got mm-hmm. Roger, you got Mark, you you meet Tom Collins, um, you meet Angel, you meet Angel. I don't think Angel has any solo specifically in that. No. But then, like, Joanne does, and you know, figure out she's talking to Maureen. We don't meet Maureen until way later. Right. Um, uh, then, yeah, and we meet everyone else except, uh, and Mimi doesn't have a solo in that. But right. So it's, it's setting up your story really nicely. And then we go into One Song Glory, right? Mm-hmm. Great song. It is a great song. It is a very great song. That's a, I would say that's an overused song for men to sing places. Yeah. Especially Adam Pascal singing it. God, so good. I was going to say, like, Adam Pascal is, I mean, that is, he's Roger. Yes. It's really hard to see him in other things and not be like, hey, <laughs> like when I saw him as William Shakespeare in Something Rotten, I still was like, wait, oh this is Adam Pascal, a.k.a. Roger. Roger. <laughs> Beautiful. And that song, and then- I would say you need to have a specific, you definitely need to have a specific kind of voice to sing Roger because he's so rock mm-hmm. and roll. And to me, I love Adam Pascal singing it. It's it's perfect. It's perfect. Agreed. Great. Huh. All right. Light my candle, Molly. Um, I I think this is a great introduction to Mimi. It's not it's not in my top five as we've heard. Right. But I lo- I love that this is like the start of the flirtation between Mimi. And Roger, right? I think 
I just want to say I love Jonathan Larson for writing this song because the lyrics are really funny. Yes, um, when I turned 19, I said, I'm 19, but I'm old for my age. I'm just born to be bad, which I'm not. <laughs> Fun fact about me, uh, not a Mimi. <laughs> um, but I really like, like everyone knows Mimi is unlighting that candle on purpose to keep flirting. Right. And it's just, it's so cheeky. So flirtatious. She clearly gets on the floor and talks about her butt. Um, <laughs> and like, I, Roger recognizes her from a place. So I think that's funny where she strips. What's sad is that he keeps bringing up his dead girlfriend. Um, but clearly we know that Roger has a type by the end of this song because he keeps thinking that Mimi looks like his ex-girlfriend, which is also then funny because in the movie version, um, during Once on Glory, there's like a montage of, um, I believe Feminine. April, right? April? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep showing April and... Um, and well, it sort of shows like where nothing. he's at now because she looks nothing like <laughs> Mimi. So right, <laughs> but she was wild. Yes. Oh yeah. Back, not backstory, but um, side note. In the movie One Song Glory, it just shows like where he's at now in his life because he met a girl when he was playing a rock concert. Um, and they both contracted AIDS, HIV, not AIDS, and she passed away. And how far up into the future is this from that? It's not that far. Oh, oh I wish I knew this fact. Um, but anyway, the in the movie One Song Glory is just setting up like, oh God, I said that again. One Song Glory is setting up where he's at. Emotionally, in that time, with what has happened to him in the past, yes, um, and being someone who is HIV positive in the nineties too. And we should we should also mention that um, Roger's girlfriend she didn't die from being HIV positive; she committed suicide because yes. of being diagnosed with it. So, yes, yeah, really. Uh, surprisingly, this page does not say how far into the future we are which is kind of I bet it wouldn't be that far I want to feel like it was like I, I I haven't seen this movie in so long but I believe I want to say maybe six months I that sounds right because I feel like at some point it's either Mark or Angel like looks at Roger and they are like Come on, get out. I feel like it's when they're going to Maureen's thing. And they're like, come on, yes. go out. It's been six months. Six Let's months. Go out. Right. I feel like that's it. I'm unsure, though. So That sounds right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I think that's right. I love light your candle. Light my candle. 
It's so uh, so flirty. And you also like the next song. Yeah, today for you, tomorrow for me. I have to say, when I was younger, um, I didn't fully understand this song, and then I learned. <laughs> As a dog lover, like it saddens me how much I love this song because Angel tried to make an Akita, Evita, shut up and it died. <laughs> so, like, sad. Um, I think it's a very funny song. It's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And oh, the amount of talent that. I think drumming is cool anyways, but the fact that right. a lot of the sounds are made because of Angel is a street performer that it, that drums, a lot of the sounds are made by Angel drumming in the kitchen or on the table. I love it. And it's the first time we're introduced to um, drag queen Angel, which is beautiful. Love it. Especially because you're kind of shook because if you don't know the show in the beginning, you realize that this guy, Collins, left with this man. And then you get to this song and it's like, wait, here's Collins. Huh? So if you don't know, you would be so confused. <laughs> right. But I love it. But then you hear the voice and you'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, same I'm tracking. Yeah. So I love it. It's I don't know. It's such a fun song. Especially because... I mean, Light My light my Candle is a fun song. Right. But, like, Today For You, like, with Light My Candle, I don't know. I guess for Light, light My Candle is just, like, a flirty fun song, whereas Today For You is a fun is song. Is a fun song. Like, any time right. is a suitable time to sing Today For You. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like the next time I add, I think I'm going to use that as an audition song sometime. There you go. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that song. It's fun. And then after that, I don't even remember the song. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially. Okay. Um. Yeah. Had a lot of occurrences of Tay Diggs this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm still wow. I'm still shook at that text message you sent me. <laughs> right? I, I think I cried over it for like ten minutes. <laughs> we can keep this in the pod. Uh side side story. I was using TikTok and I follow this person who's a Broadway like fan like us and she posted about when uh Norbert Leo Butts injured his back like a month into Wicked on Broadway and they needed- He was the original Fierro. Original original Fierro. You should know that because we talked about it in our first podcast. Anyways, uh but he got injured and they needed somebody to fill in for lo- a long time, which I think it's really it was so disrespectful that she was like <laughs> an understudy couldn't do that and I wanted to say an understudy could do that, but that understudy was probably an understudy for somebody else too because this is a brand new show. Huh. So they got Tay Diggs to do it, who was then after he, Tay Diggs and Idina Mandel met during Rent. Rent. Ended up getting married. Cute. Loves And married. then divorced. And now, now they're divorced. Anyways, 
but so they brought in Tay Diggs, who <laughs> does not have the same voice type as <laughs> so in this video clip, I can make bootlegs, but in this this uh, TikTok showed a bootleg video of him singing <laughs> of, of him singing As Long As You're Mine with Idina. And let me tell you, I love I love his voice. He's got like he's got like a a hot chocolate field voice. If you if you know what it's I mean. not his range though, but it's too high. He could not sing as long as your mind for the life of him. It, who knows? That night could have been an off night for him. I didn't see him play this role, but like, talk about iconic! <laughs> Great video, loved it. But I love You'll See Boys. I always call it You'll See Boys because those are the lyrics, but it's just You'll See. I like that song. It's it's not my favorite, as I say. It's a good, yeah. Well, it also sets you up for um, the jerk that he is and the rest of the show because. Yeah. Like half of me is like he's not the biggest jerk. In the terms of, like, musical theater tropes of being a butthead. But, yeah, he's... I, I don't know. Like, part of me is, like, they, they hate him because he married up and sold out for being, like, the stereotypical starving artist. And that's mm -hmm. what they want him to be. But he's, like, he saw... I mean, he married the person, obviously, that he loved. Also, they may, sort of made the joke that, like, you did it for money, not for love. Uh, but, I don't know, like, he basically let them live in a place in, was it the West Village? Mm-hmm. Rent-free for a year, and then said, I'm sorry, this can't go on. But it was sort of shady, where he's like, if you stop Maureen then yeah, you can keep doing this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just like part of the musical, like, I'm torn at. And yeah. I would say he's given the title of the antagonist. Right. Well, he, moment. yeah. I agree to There's that one. so many other reasons he becomes the antagonist. Um, yeah. But also, is HIV and AIDS the antagonist of this musical? I would say yes. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. I have to say I also like the movie version of this song compared to the stage version. I don't know. Maybe it's because they're outside on the street and there's like a, a parked car right there. I don't know. <laughs> a parked Range Rover <laughs> that's in the 90s? Yeah. I don't know. Like not mean to flex or anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh! Ow! What do you do? I just blew out a candle, and the I blew it out, and like a piece flew at my face. <laughs> oh, no. This is just not your day. Oh gosh! Okay, let's continue. We got a lot to get. Through. All right, Tango Maureen loved the movie version of this song. Oh, yes. Yes. Beautiful. Especially... And it's a tinted where she's bi. 
Well, right. That Mari. Because she's dancing with another. Yeah, because she's dancing with another guy. Joanne is bi. Not Joanne. Maureen is bi. She she dated Mark, and now she's dating Joanne. Joanne is bisexual. Or at least doesn't label herself. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was. Because, yeah, Um, the reason that Maureen dances with another man during Tango is because they're talking about her cheating. Cheating, right. Well, and it's... And I believe she gets she's passed, with I believe she gets passed around with everyone right. during that number. Um, this I would say if I did a top six, this probably would be my top six because I just think it's so clever. I, who I don't know. <laughs> it foreshadows things because. They talk about being called Pookie. And then immediately after this Pookie. And immediately after this You never call me Pookie. Yep, that conversation (laughs) happened. Um I think it's fun. It shows you two people who have dated the same person trying to be civil. Yep. Um and it shows that I don't know. Maureen is like a funny character to me because she like she's using your ex-boyfriend who wants nothing to do with her and didn't tell her current lover, her now girlfriend, that she called him. I don't know. Maureen's sneaky. She's a funny gal. <laughs> she's also really freaking weird when you think about it. No, I mean her performance she's, art piece. She's an artist, yeah. I'm an artist, and I'm nothing like Maureen. There's, yeah, I mean, there's all types of artists, and she's more of an activist slash artist ish. I still ish. Maureen is very freaking weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, life support. I. It's a song that I could do without. Agreed. This is also, as I've now said, in the last other our last podcast, this is the soundtrack that I will listen to the whole thing. I think it's because it this is not a soundtrack. I will listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I, I also like. I am a soundtrack listener. I yeah. don't. You don't skip or I I do not shuffle shuffle musical theater. If I am listening to a musical, (laughs) I will listen from start to finish unless I really detest a song. But the song. Unless I'm driving and then we listen to my Broadway Spotify playlist. Like 10,000 songs. (laughs) Um, But the songs that they have on the album, I'll listen to all of them. Like I just listened to this yesterday and I listened to the whole thing. Um, all right life support again could do without um but does move the plot so i guess it has a place yep um out tonight great song i like this song once again because it's flirty i think it's a great song to play while you're getting ready to go out because it gets you pumped up 
I don't know. It's not my favorite. I it, yeah. it's it's needed to help me me get from point it's, A it's, to point yeah. B, and to help. You kind of get to see what Roger meant. Was like, wait, I know you from somewhere, and you get to see this somewhere. Yeah, you get to see this somewhere, and then it it kind of. It makes you, I feel like this song going into the next song, it shows you, like, this is who Mimi is, who, and she's kind of what Roger just had in a way. Mm -hmm. And we know that Roger doesn't necessarily want that. Want that, yep. So it kind of sets you up to be more sympathetic to Roger. In my opinion. I would agree with that. All right. Another day. Another day. And that's where you get, like, the sort of, at least the course that I like. Like, there's only us, there's only this. Forget, Mm -hmm. regret, or life is yours to miss. Um, Really like that one. That's the part that I really like about that song. Oh, yeah. Beautiful harmonies. Beautiful. I like in the movie version too. They're out in the rain. Yeah. While Roger's inside. But like everybody else like, is oh. on Mimi's side. It's a weird scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, why? Will I? I don't know why I, why I like this song, honestly. I guess part of it would be the lyrics. Um,. I mean, I'm not in a support group for HIV and AIDS or in a support group for anything, but it's, it turns into being around after it's a solo. So I think I like that because it's everybody who sings it is dealing with something else. It could be the same thing as Mm -hmm. something else, but I, I don't know. I, I really like it. Beautiful harmonies. I don't know. I really like I'm I, I like, to I like remember. the lyrics of it too. And it, yeah. it repeats over and over again until it eventually just fades out. Beautiful. I also really like the soloist in the movie. Yeah. She's got a great voice. Alright, so Santa Fe. Not the Santa Fe song I love. <laughs> Santa Fe! Yeah. This is a Santa Fe that, that I That means this is a sad Santa Fe. Uh, it's, it, I guess you could, I don't see it as a sad song. Because Not, they, they want to go to Santa Fe where, I don't know, I I'd this is a. I could skip this song if I wanted to. Like more of like the stage, um, not the stage version. The movie version, I see it not. Uh, more of a sad song because I know that they're dreaming of a life that they know they'll never reach. Yeah. True. See, but it but it's written to be a same song. Could also be for the studies. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm again, 
not the biggest fan of Rent, so like I only listen to a handful of songs, and Santa Fe's not one of them. It that I could skip that song on a CD. <laughs> I listened to the whole thing. Uh, and I could skip it. I do right. not skip this next song, even though it is I not like the top five. reprise better. That's sad, though. Like I no. The the I understand but that the it's there, heart. but it's so much sadder. It, it is so sad. And I think probably I don't like the reprise because I'm already crying at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I do I think it's so I, I think I'll cover you. That has a even though it's not on my top five list, it kinda hits me in the way that you matter to me hits me interesting because it's it's cute can't relate but interesting (laughs) but i it's just a song about love and that you'll always be there for that person Mm -hmm. sure is and here is the weird Uh, song not we're, this is not on the album, but we gonna talk about it. At least I don't think it's on the album. I don't Go think ahead. it is. Talk about over the moon. Yeah, it's not on the. Album. It's on. It's on the movie album. It is not on the Broadway album, and we t- said we were gonna do the Broadway. So here we are. <laughs> we're gonna just talk about it because it's a weird ass song. It's not even a song. No, well, Leepa, Faith, Leepa. Ooh, only thing to do is jump over the moon. I think one of the reasons it's not on the Broadway version is because they also wanted it to be a surprise. Because it's so weird. Like, you're uncomfortable watching it. I love it, and I'm that audience member that will move with her. But. You did when we saw it. Because you're supposed to. You are playing the crowd at that moment. Maureen wants you to move with her. Um, but so I think it's, as you mentioned, Contact not being on the Broadway version because they wanted it to be a surprise. I think mm-hmm. they don't put Over the Moon on the Broadway soundtrack because they want that to be a surprise. Because I guarantee the first time it happened, people were literally probably like, what the Absolutely not. I just watch. Yeah. But it also makes sense. It's also your first introduction to who Maureen mm-hmm. actually is. Yep. She has not been in the show until this point. She's been talked about, but never physically never there. Never physically been there. And it shows how weird Maureen is. But she's Which also I a strong think- activist. So, like, you go, girl. You do it. But man, sitting through it is so weird, but it's also a magical experience. And that's like sort of like where I'm torn with having Idina Menzel come back to do it for the movie is because she's no really known at that point. And I think the point, not the point, but Maureen's character is so much ingrained in the fact that she's unknown and she's a quote unquote nobody. So that's the part where I'm like, I don't, I don't um, know if it quite fits. I mean, so... Her voice fits, yes. Her voice is great for it, but... I, so, I mean, I love Wicked, so, like, to me, she was big. But for people who didn't know Wicked, they still might not have known her. Because it was only two... 
the film came out two years after Wicked started. So sure, Rent, I think one of the reasons she probably said yes to the movie, it was because Rent is what jump-started her career. So why wouldn't you go back and do it? Right. Right. Because as we've known from talking about from at, on our Wicked podcast, she got Wicked because she had a Tony nom. From Rent. From Rent. Yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like, and honestly, like, Idina Menzel is weird. Let's be real. <laughs> um, and if she didn't, if she wouldn't have played Maureen, she might not have been Alphaba. Which then she might not have been yeah. how many other characters down the line. Right. Well, no, 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 no. Not just, like, I'm talking about, like, having her come back for the movie version. I mean, of course no. she'd come back. Oh, I know. But... I don't know. Just... I mean, based on the other people I, I have seen play Maureen or have known that played Maureen, I yeah, can't even I picture them playing Maureen. Right. And, like, Idina is my Maureen and my Alphaba. Those two people yep. ex- exist in the same universe. <laughs> but, yeah. And now on to the weir- other weird song. <laughs> La Vie Bohème. Another party. A lot of information is dropped in this song. Yep. Sure is. It's a party. I I love it. I learned a lot listening to this song and then researching it. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, You learn a lot in Love You Boom. I think it's a party. It's I love singing this song. You sure do. You learn. You just learn a lot in it. Act one. Well, you, ended correct. Do you have anything else to add to that? Because technically, there is another song, and it's "I Should Tell You," which breaks up La Vie Bohème part, part B. I personally could skip "I Should Tell You," even though that you you need that song to help move along the relationship between Mimi and Roger. But I will would skip it. I like "I Should Tell You." But I also really can't relate to the characters of Mimi or Roger. So I think that's part of it. Really, yeah, I don't really relate to any of these characters. <laughs> no. To be real. All right. So. Disturbing artist. So, yeah. End of Act One. End of Act One. Yeah. And I, and I, La Vie, ending with La Vie, Boem, boom, blackout, beautiful, great Act One finale. Yeah. My favorite, as, as we've talked about. But a great act one finale. I love. I mean, if your show doesn't have a great act one finale, like get out. You shouldn't have a musical. Right. <laughs> okay. Act All two, right. Which start the most overplayed song? Yes. In mu- oh my god. Uh, of love. Um. Not. It's beautiful. We're not gonna let Megan ruin this. I don't like it. I would like to measure my life in love. And I, the words are good. And speeding tickets and all I'm not disputing that the the lyrics are not good. I'm just saying it's ever done. Stop doing it. Mm-hmm. No one will. It'll never be stopped. That's a classic. It's great. 
I skip this song. Like, honest, this is a skippable song for me. Okay, yeah, I know you're um, just staring at me. Song, <laughs> uh, next song um, technically is New Year A and New Year B, but when I, like, think about it, I don't exactly know what those songs are, and they're not on the soundtrack. Um, but I know stuff happens. But then we get into Take Me or Leave Me. So we can just skip to that. I love this song. I like it. Because Maureen says, hi, I'm feisty. And I'm going to I know we're on our engagement party, which talk about moving fast. (laughs) Um, But, like, her and Joanne are having a little fight and she breaks into this. I think it's great. It. it, Well, there's a, there's, is there a time lapse between Act 1 and Act 2? Yeah, there's supposed to be. It's because I don't remember exactly. So remember, um, the it's only like a week. Okay, it's only a week. Because we are at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would help us move time is before Over the Moon to get into that scene. We had Christmas songs sung by ensemble, and right. Um, so I know. Um, I believe it is Christmas Eve when. I want to say, whatever. I want to say Act One takes place on Christmas Eve because they mention something about it when um, when Angel comes in for today for you in our right. in her outfit. Yeah, is she says nobody should be alone on Christmas. Yes, in her outfit, yeah. Christmassy. Right, but then. Like between seasons of love and then that next, I forget if it's act. I don't think there's any words or the music piece is called Happy New Year, so it's moving into it. In the movie, in the movie, we see them come back to their apartment, and it's on New Year's Eve, and it's uh, not barricaded, but it's locked up. Yeah, and that's when yeah, because because they, they said yeah 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 because Roger says Merry New Year or something, Happy New Year or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the and seasons of love B in the movie is played between the act one and act two, and it's showing Mark show playing uh doing video and stuff, right? And during that okay, time, cool. like Mark gets his TV job, stuff like that happens. Um, and Maureen starts to become jealous. Maureen starts to become jealous. Yes. Um. So then we got take me so uh, back to take me or leave me. Uh, she got engaged to Joanne, even though I don't know how much time skipped, and they honestly weren't together that long. So also scary. Wow. Um, hey, I love to. I, whatever. I, that's just scary to me. Um, I like Maureen because she's standing up for who she is, and it's like, hi. If you don't like this, now's your chance to leave. Um. I like to think. Yeah, but she's also making excuses for her behavior by saying, like, this is who I am. You don't like that I flirt with people? I mean, that's the part I don't like, but as somebody who's an actress, there are times that I like to be the center of attention. So, like, her line of, this Steven needs her stage. Maybe let's have fun. You are the one I choose. Like it's like cool. I might want to be the center of attention, but it's also because I'm a social butterfly and I like talking to people and getting to know people. So I don't know. I don't right. know if anyone ever would consider me a flirt. I just really like to talk to people, and I'm a friendly person. Or at least right. I think I am. So I don't know. I would have to ask somebody who's dated me 
to know if I flirt. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't really want to have that conversation with anybody. That would be weird. Um, yeah. But, so I don't know. There's parts that I agree with. And then you, you really, like, you shouldn't flirt with everybody. Stuff like that. But I also am not Maureen and I'm not Joanne. Um, but also the harmonies between Joanne and Maureen are amazing. Yeah. So I love it. Very good. I love it so much. Number one song. Very good. <laughs> and then okay. Seasons of Love. Without you. Oh. But for, then we get other mm-hmm. couples breaking up out of the wazoo, but the only one couple, and that would be Roger and um, Mimi. And Mimi. Yep. And we also then find out, I forget if it's in the stage version too, uh, but in, at least in the movie version, when we get to Without You, um, I believe this is when we find out that how sick Angel actually is. Yes. So, yeah. And the reason for me is not the reason, but a contributing factor to why it's number one for me is I saw Leslie Odom Jr. when he was in Cincinnati at the at Music Hall, and he this was his encore song he talked about how much rent changed his life Aww. Um, made him realize like I want to do musical theater which is great but he holy cow can sing the crap out of this you song you can sing me the phone book and I'd be okay with it would love me to too. see him in this show yeah he, I'd put him as Collins I would too I would yep I like I I don't know. There's the song. I, like, I think he recorded this song on his album, so go check it out. I, um, I like have a love hate relationship with "Without You" because, like, I get it. Without somebody, you can feel like really down and stuff. Right. But I'm also one of those people that is like, you can do that I by yourself. You can do this by myself. Right. I don't need. I I don't let heartbreak define me. (laughs) And, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's what necessarily the song's about. I know. I think, at least the way I take it when I hear it and saw it in the movie and on stage, it's like you see Collins going through the grieving process. Or starting to. But the fact that it's not sung by Collins is then it's like, because we know that Mimi and Roger are over. It also I don't know. But that that's my take on it. I like it's a beautiful song, but I also have like a love hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Um and going from sad song to sadder. Yes. I just also want to mention I know we're talking well, we're talking about uh stage soundtrack. Contact is not in the stage album or the movie album because it's not in the movie but man that that song pops up on stage and you go what am I watching it's remind me again what this song is there it's basically like an orgy like Hmm. I don't remember it (laughs) um, see that's how much like um (laughs) Let's see if I can like find a description. Yeah. This it, just goes so to show this how is much on I'm okay with 
Oh my gosh, I just said something. Um, yeah, so when you go look it up, you get Contact is a song that only appeared in the musical version of Rent. It appear it represents the sex lives of the couples and is performed by the full company. The company remain forms two groups. As the music begins, a group of dancers start a sensual life and death dance because it leads into Is it's, this the weird ass sheet one? Yes. And it's Okay. It's, that's why you're like, wait, what what's happening? But in the end, okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's then more couples breaking up even more because you got at the very end of it after after we hear the a chorus of hot, hot, sweat, sweat, wet, wet, red, heat, weird. Please don't Ugh. stop. Please, please don't. I remember how I was like, what am I watching? Creamy, stroking, soaking. Um, yeah. So we got that whole song, but at the end, the last lyrics of it, uh, well, all of them together say, it was bad for me. Was it bad for you? Then Joanne says, it's over, followed by Maureen saying it, then Roger, then Mimi, and it ends with Collins, and that's how you find out. The way that they're all saying it, it's like, oh, their relationships are over, but the way that Collins says it is, it's over as in Angel's no longer Angel. dying, he's now dead. His life right. is over. So then it leads into one of the saddest songs of the entire show. Okay, what I really, really like about this song is, as Collins is singing, I'll cover you. It's everyone else singing under him. I hate it, but it's the only point of the song where I'm like, okay, I can tolerate this song. This season's a love. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's so beautiful, though. And, like, the the soulfulness that Collins brings to the song. And Joanne, too. And Jen, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, but mostly Collins. Yeah. Um, then that leads into Halloween and Goodbye Love, which is, I think Goodbye Love, it's not my top five, surprising, because I used to think this is one of the most underrated songs ever because it has, it's when they're in, at least in the movie, they are in the um, cemetery. And that's when, like, the entire friend group who was together because of Angel, like, started ripping on each other and getting into a giant fight. Mm -hmm. And it, like, breaks my heart. I love uh, It's such a good song to sing. I never knew who to sing in that song because I just want to play everybody in that song. But I... I don't know. I like it. It's... uh, it's like an ending of a friendship, but it shows like in an angry way, mm-hmm. and everyone's mad at each other. It's really sad, but I really like the song. Yeah. And then at the end of that song, we also find out that Roger is leaving. He is leaving, and he's not gonna come back. Little he's going out west. He's going out west to. Live in the America at the end of the millennium. That was really low. I, that was uncomfortable. So then that leads into my one of my favorite songs is What You Own. I think I like that. I don't. 
as I said, I think I like this song because I would love to play Mark um, and Roger. Mm-hmm. But I also like like the symbolism throughout and the lyrics and like both of them realizing like Mark is working this job that he doesn't like anymore. Like he took it and he's not doing what he wanted to do. Right. And Roger left everybody and is living on his own. And in this, they Mark realizes what he needs to be doing and how, what to do for his film. While we have Roger being like, wait, my, the inspiration I needed for my music was Mimi and my friend and right. I left them. So I, I sure has, I love that part. Yeah. I remember this song. Love it. Which then leads us into finale A, which is Roger came back. And then we find out that now Mimi is close to dying. And this magically, I always find this interesting that Maureen and Joanne find her. And it's like, but you're not together anymore. Why were you together? But they they still care about. Yeah. They still care about each other. And they cared about Mimi. So I just always found that interesting. Side note, Mimi is dying because she is now homeless and is sleeping in the park. Oh, has become another is is become a drug addict again. Has relapsed. Yes, correct. That should be it. I'm gonna go because Roger. Out. Roger got her clean, right? Like they both were like she was supposed to. No, because that that's why Roger candle, left. She was supposed to. Yeah, he wanted her to get clean, and she wouldn't. That's it. And so then right. he's like, you know what? Goodbye. I can't deal with this. I've already done that again. So yes. Um. Blah, 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 blah. Mimi has been homeless and is now weak and close to death and it's mainly because she was homeless and on drugs um, right so then they sing this lighthearted finale of a mixture of all these songs and then mm-hmm. Roger is like you know what maybe I just want her to hear this song if she's dying I wrote this song for you and she sings Your Eyes, which honestly, I would skip this song. God. It's so cheesy. I... But also, who doesn't want a guy with a guitar to sing his love for you? I don't know. Um, and then they go into finale B. Pass. <laughs> and then they go into finale B. <laughs> well, then Mimi is like magically okay and not going to die. Yeah, within five minutes. Uh, this song just brought her back to life. Um, yeah. And then we get finale B, which is then multiple songs in the show um, sung over top of each other. Everyone sings a different vocal line, vocal song. It's I think it's a good ending to a show because then they're also watching the video of their friendship over the year, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. I think it's really nice. Yeah. And that's Rent. Sure is. Anything else you'd like to add about this musical? No, I think I'm good. Sweet. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a follow on our Instagram at Molly and Megan MTP. 
and our Twitter at Molly Megan MT Pod. Thanks. <laughs>